Hello everyone, this is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for you and happy 4th of July, which is one of my favorite holidays. I'm so indebted to the United States. I came from another country and I was very young then and growing up in the United States was a big culture shock for me. But I gotta say, I consider the United States my country and more so than where I came from because I grew up here. I was given so much in this country. Uh, I was able to get an education. I was able to get opportunities and it had nothing to do with where I came from and class system or it's a beautiful thing to live in such a free country. So I want to thank the people that continue to serve and protect our country and protect this wonderful freedom. So a little girl like me from a place that's quite restricted can come here and really have nothing and make something out of nothing. I will not forget that. I will not forget that. And it just reminds me to be grateful every day. Every day. And so, thank you. That's my spiel about the United States. And there's probably never enough things to say of how wonderful the States is. And and sometimes when I hear things about people complaining about the benefits and the... I get it. I get people have their complaints and they have their ideas and I respect them for that. And that's what the beauty about this country is. People can come up with their ideas and say oh, whatever they want to say and, and they're allowed to say them. How beautiful is that? Right? So, hey, they will not go missing the next day if they say something bad about Trump or whatever. They will not go missing. Their family will not go missing. Limbs will not be uh, torn off or whatever. That's the beautiful part about this freedom here, is that you can say whatever you want. Now, I can say whatever I want, and my experience with the United States has been awesome. Awesome. I'm very grateful. So, all right. Let's get started on our topic today. And this topic here is really a concept that is really abstract. <laughs> In, when, when I say the word self-trust, oh my God, it seems like it's a big thing to want to accomplish self-trust and so people can get overwhelmed quickly when they uh, think about this topic because uh, they're like well how do I get that how, how do I make it better how do I and so we'll talk about self-trust today and why we need it the thing is we have to start with the relationship that you have with you which is as, as always I tell you that the that relationship you have with you is for the rest of your life but just like every relationship that you can ever think of, people have had a history with that relationship to include the history that you have with yourself. There has been times where you've disappointed yourself. There has been times where you uh, were proud of yourself, where you have accomplished things because of your inner work. And all of that is just an indication that it's just part of the relationship that we have with ourselves. And those disappointments can cause us eventually to lose compassion within. Our self-talk will become self-defeating and it will become rigid on the inside. We'll have rules that imply the need for perfection and we'll continue to compare ourselves to those rules. And when we don't meet those standards or those rules, we will go ahead and self-bludgeon, 
on the inside, people don't even need to put us down. We'll do it before they do. That's how crazy that that is. We'll do it before they do. And it eventually ends up being a complicated relationship because I still have to live with me, but I lose trust and compassion for me because I make all these damn mistakes and I keep score of my mistakes. I, oh man, I keep score. And this is a good time where if we don't clean up that situation, we can pick up habits, addictive habits like drinking, alcohol, drugs, because it helps numb us from the internal talk. It numbs us from having to deal with and confront our inner self, which is much more difficult for most people than to distract, you know? So alcohol, sex, relationships, when we place value on these things, there's just simply a distraction for the purpose of temporary relief so we don't go on within and do the work within. It makes sense, right? So we want to be able to look at self-trust as the foundation of this relationship between you and you. (laughs) And uh, most people will go to extremes. I find that when I tell them about the self-trust thing, they tell me, well, I don't trust myself because I've made mistakes in the past. And then we have to go to uh, the idea of ego and they have to people will automatically go to extreme and explain self-trust as egotistical. And I want to make sure that I separate those two ideas today. Self-trust is not the same thing as ego, as in what we define as ego in the mainstream, right? This kind of selfish, self-centered thing we're talking about. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. It's not like our need to know or our need to be right. That's, that's ego talking. But self-trust is a different part of us. It's a part that we can strengthen with time and we need this part. Like I said, this relationship that you have with you is for the rest of your life. You're going to be with you every everywhere you go, uh, whether you're going to the shower, whether you go to school, whether you are with your husband or wife, you're going to, you're going to be there. You're going to be there every step of the way. And if your relationship with you ain't no good, and if you don't trust yourself, then this becomes difficult. It becomes a rough ride. So ego is the selfish and self-centeredness. We have to kind of, how do I put it? When we have lived for a long while acting on ego, and what I mean by ego is like, we just know it all. We think that our beliefs and our thoughts are the right ones. And everybody else that disagrees with those thoughts, they are not right. And we will support these beliefs and defend them till death do me part. <laughs> and this causes a lot of problems for us because it, it helps us not adapt. It, it become, we become rigid to adapting to life. And life needs us to go with the flow. We don't need to be rigid trying to make our reality and our rules fit the world outside. That just doesn't make sense. You won't like it. You won't like it and you'll be fighting for a long time, which is why some people that say, well, life is hard, just hard. And it's, it's, you know, people will disappoint you. People will, it's just, it's whatever. Variations of those statements are just simply the person saying that I cannot go with the flow (laughs) and that I am highly critical of myself. And of course, because I'm highly critical of myself, I will be highly critical of the people around me. I live with these really tight, rigid rules within, and more than likely, I will impose them on your ass. (laughs) Tala, (laughs) come on, calm down. All right, so 
that's not what I'm talking about today. Ego is not what I'm talking about. Self-trust is a different, non-resistant part of our world within. The best way to describe it, it is a part that is compassionate. It also sounds like no fear. We get small little peaks of those times that we are engaging in self-trust. Sometimes when we have to make a decision and we feel like it is the right thing to do and we actually do it. But sometimes we know what the right thing to do is and we don't do it right? And that's usually out of fear or whatever else uh, barrier we have. Insecurity that makes us not do the right thing or what we on the inside trust is the right thing. I didn't say for society. I didn't say for the right thing for you, for you. And believe it or not, doing the right thing for you when it comes from that place of self-trust and self-knowing is actually going to benefit people around you as well because it allows, it allows you to use your gauge and not other people's approval and validation and have to fight or defend your beliefs. You're just doing what you do. You're just making the decisions you need to make about your life and not involving other people that really on the inside might place pressure on you. Self-trust really is, again, it's compassionate. It is also no fear. And a third way you're going to know what self-trust sounds like is it's simple. It's not complicated. A lot of the times I meet these really smart people in therapy and they complicate the shit. And listen, I'm one of them. <laughs> they, they complicate the shit out of something that is so simple. And the answer most of the time in that place of knowing, in that place of self-trust within, in that relationship, it's going to sound like very simple, not complicated. The answer is usually very simple. So we need self-trust because let's say we're asking for for a decision between staying with someone or leaving someone. This is where you need to engage self-trust because at this point, it allows you to think about, okay, what is the simplest answer? And the simplest answer could be, am I happy in this relationship or not happy in this relationship? But oh no, people don't leave it at that, friends. We will justify some major stuff, complicate the hell out of that response by saying, oh, well, you know, I have kids or I, you know, it's a financial thing. I can't afford it. I've been with this person for a long time. I can't leave them. I hope that they change one day. I'm just waiting for them to change because they keep promising me. Whatever. All of those reasons are complex, but they're, they're not a clear, direct, trusting answer. Because sometimes the simplest answer is, well, no, honestly, most of the time, the simplest answer comes from a place of self-trust is what I want to say. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So the three things I want you to look out for when, it, when you're building self-trust is to look for that place within that is compassionate to you, that doesn't have to keep score, right? That doesn't throw things that you've done in the past at your face or compares you to other people. That's not a place of self-trust. I need you to know that you are you and other people are themselves and you cannot make decisions for other people and vice versa. You can only make decisions for you. And that's a great thing. And when you can keep it in this humble place, oh boy, oh boy, you will do amazing things. And also looking at it with no fear because fear is what, it's not self-trust at this point. It's like, I don't, I don't trust myself because I'm afraid I will let myself down and might as well not make a decision. Let me call my friend whoever and ask them what I, what I, what they think I should do. So this way I can blame them for the decision I have to make <laughs> and I don't have to blame myself. Cause if I blame, if I actually make a mistake and blame myself for it, 
oh shit, I'm going to sound terrible within. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready to take responsibility for my own mistakes. So let me go ahead and, and blame other people and make sure I val- they validate my decision making before I make a decision. So, so it's not, it can't come from a place of fear and simple. All right. So how do I learn to trust myself is probably the next question I want to answer for you guys to make this really simple. A lot of the times people get mixed up because they're like, well, how can I get this thing? (laughs) Or how can I get rid of this thing? And they complicate it. It's kind of like any relationship. Trust is about risk taking. Okay. When I learn to trust another person, if I'm learning to get into a relationship with them, what do I have to do first? Just do it. I can't be like, well, you got to meet all these qualifications before I trust you. Well, that's great, but I got to take the risk for the first step to happen. I got to be, I got to practice some kind of faith that it'll work out, right? So that's the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is take a risk within yourself when you're ready to make decisions, for example. So what I did in the beginning when I practiced this idea of trusting myself a little bit more, not trusting my ego, trusting myself right? I'm going to separate those two. I would stop myself before I had to call someone when I'm making a decision or I would sit within myself until my mind got quiet to find out what the right answer for me would be or what the, what I feel would be a right thing because my body will also tell me because my body will feel less tense, will feel the warmth of truth within. It'll have a physical manifestation, believe it or not. So if I sit there and I'm aware, I just take the risk, I jump in, I make the decision and just after I make the decision, I sit, just sit with it. I don't need to know what the outcome is. I don't need to pretend like I know what the, what the outcome is going to be until the outcome happens. Okay. So I just take the risks. I don't overthink it. I don't call five other people and ask them what they think about it. I just make the decision, take the risk and make the decision that best serves the moment and best serves my higher good, right? So it's a wonderful thing when you learn to trust that place. And at first, like I said, it's going to be scary. You're going to have to just take a leap of faith and trust yourself and make decisions. Do what you do with when you trust another person. You share your strengths, you share your weaknesses with them and you let the chips fall as they may. The good news is that I want you to always um, practice self-compassion. The second thing that I want you to practice after just taking risks is self-compassion. To be able to trust myself, I have to create an environment within that is conducive to growth, meaning that I have to be able to make mistakes in my world and it would be okay. I would just be able to be more flexible and be able to move forward quicker and resilient within. Now, many people are self-defeating, which is what is depression made out of and anxiety and worry. All these things are fear-driven, self-defeating types of talk. The opposite of self-defeat, I would probably say, if we're going extremes here, would be (laughs) self-compassion. Let's get to self-compassion. Self-compassion allows me to make mistakes in my world without me keeping score. It allows me to practice tolerance for other people's thoughts and, and feelings without me having to impose my thoughts and feelings on them, compare myself to other people. Self-compassion is such an important part of self-trust. It's, it's the language that we talk to on the inside. It's the language that we think in. And if you don't have that language, you need to start practicing. You just practice. And people tell me, well, Tala, what would that sound like if I'm compassionate on the inside? Well, I always ask them 
tell me how you would give advice to, for example, somebody that you love, like your daughter, your son. How would you talk to them? How would you give them advice about love? That's how you need to sound like. That's how you need to sound like. Like you're talking to someone that you love unconditionally. Listen, we live with ourselves all day, every day, and we don't sound kind, gentle, forgiving on the inside. We don't. And so because we don't trust ourselves, that's a really basic, simplified reason. We just don't trust ourselves. And so that's why we continue to <laughs> sound suspicious towards ourselves. It's like, ah, uh, no, no, no. It's probably not the right answer to, it's not the right, it's not right, the right thing to do. Oh, here you go. You did it again. See, I told you, I know you would make that mistake again. Like that's a self-defeating uh, thinking pattern here that we've got if you're not self-trusting. So big part of self-trust is sounding compassionate within. Think of somebody that you love and how you would talk to them. That's how you need to sound on the inside to yourself, especially, especially when it's inconvenient, especially when you make a mistake, especially when you lose your job, especially when things happen in your life that are not as expected, all right? So I hope that makes sense. The next thing I'm going to ask you to do to, in your journey to trusting yourself a little bit more is to find out when do you need people to validate your choice? Like, check your motive. When do you need people to validate your thinking process? In which areas do you think you trust yourself the least? I need you to identify those areas, whether it's at work, in relationships, with the way you look. If you need validation consistently and you don't trust yourself to make these decisions, again, I need you to sit with yourself in those situations once you identify them and prepare yourself mentally before this thing happens. Prepare yourself mentally of how you're going to deal with it. Visualize, prepare your brain, exercise your brain to go to those places of alternate ways of responding rather than the automatic reactive response we have already built in that may not imply self-trust. We want to be able to make decisions in situations that I know are triggering our self-trust issues. Um, we want to make those decisions and sit still. That means I'm not going to call people, I'm not going to ask for validation, and I'm going to still my mind after I make them. I'm just going to have to sit with myself. And let me just tell you, this could be exhausting at first because it's new. Not having to habitually go to someone and ask if you did the right thing, uh, do your little confession time, whatever it is that we, we decide to do after when we need reassurance, whatever that is. I need you to seek reassurance within. You take that risk, make that decision, take that leap of faith. That is a decision that you are the only one supposed to make, whether it's about your relationship, about your job. You're the only one that's supposed to make this decision. So I need you to be able to just make it, take that leap of faith, take that risk on yourself and sit still. Whatever happens with the outcome, you need to sound compassionate about it. Prepare yourself ahead of time, ahead of time in these special situations that cause you to question your self-trust. I need you to prepare yourself, visualize, imagine different ways that you would respond to that situation that implies self-trust, that makes you go within for the resolution rather than react in ways where you're like, oh shit, I can't even take that back, <laughs> right? We've all been there, friends. We've all been there. I'm not exempt from the bunch, but I like today that I can go within to access that self-trust and having this ability, trusting this part of myself that is not ego-driven. Okay, I got to be able to separate, go within and separate what is ego talking and what is me talking. Not ego, but just me and what the, what I feel is the right thing to do. When I do that, then I can 
bring myself reassurance anytime I need it. When I'm having a rough day, when I am having a rough situation where I need to make a decision, I need to trust me that I have the right answer. And most of the time in therapy, you guys, I get people that are frustrated at me because I will have to send them back to themselves to answer the questions that they're asking me. Most of the time they ask me questions about their life, like what should they do? And I don't answer that question for them. I help them think about uh, things and put a name to it. So this way they can take responsibility for what, what they want to do. But basically I'm sending them back to trust themselves that they have the answer within, right? I'm not actually making the decision for them, whether they're going to stay with the husband or leave the husband, uh, break up with a friend or keep the friend or um, discipline their children or not discipline their children. I don't really make those decisions. I help the, the parent, the, the, the person make the decision themselves and what they feel is good for the, their higher good and also for their self-love and self-compassion. So usually that response within is going to be loving and it's going to be compassionate to others as well. When you're compassionate to yourself, it's like, it, it makes sense people that is, you're going to give it back to other people. But when you're rigid on the inside and you have all these rigid rules and you're comparing yourself and you're, you have this inferiority complex, which makes you feel like you're in, you're, you need to be superior, entitled and sit in judgment of others. Whew, if you're sitting within highly self-critical, that's also what you're going to give people basically. It's going to be a filthy ride. You won't like it. And it's not the way I think you want to live out your journey. I, we want to get it peaceful within and to get it peaceful within and to work with you. I need you to work on your self-trust, trusting yourself again, not the ego, but trusting you and think about it. I am, people are, insurances, insurance companies are paying me to send every patient back to themselves to think about things and solve their own problems because they have the best way, the best way to solve their own problems. I don't, but I know, and I trust and have faith that they do within. They have it. They don't trust it. They don't trust that they have the knowledge, but I trust that they have that knowledge. Finally, you need to trust your own intentions. You need to know that your intentions are good within. A lot of the times we struggle with that because we think that uh, I've done myself wrong so many times. I've disappointed myself so wrong. And I get lost in the idea that maybe my intentions are not so great because sometimes other people tell me, hey, you know, you're mean or you're cruel. And I believe them. I really believe them. When deep down inside, I know that my intentions were not to be mean or cruel, but maybe the way it came out was not uh perceived well, but that's may not be my fault. So I can always clarify for people. I don't have to take full responsibility, but somewhere along the line, we get confused. We think that we are in fact bad because somebody else tells us that our intentions are bad. It's false, but we'll keep carrying that on and it doesn't feel good. It really doesn't feel good. So finally, you guys remember your intentions are always good on the inside. They are. And when they're not good, when you're, when you check your motive and you're aware that your intentions are not good, sit back, sit back and look at the situation again with compassion. Look at it with love. And if you can't do that yet, keep looking, keep waiting, keep sitting still and going within and looking until you get good intentions set up and then make whatever decision and whatever action you need to take after that. Yeah, it's. Uh, it took me a while to do the self-trust thing. I've been thinking about it over and over again, how I'm going to explain it to where it's less abstract and maybe something tangible that you can work with. And hopefully this makes sense to you <laughs> and I didn't lose you somewhere. All right. Thank you guys so much 
for also your patience and your support. I love you guys so much. I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July weekend and please be safe out there. Um, I don't want to ever have to lose this wonderful freedom that we are given here in the United States, in this wonderful country. I don't want it to be taken away from me to recognize that it's there. So please, you guys, practice gratitude and thank all these service members for keeping this beautiful freedom going. All right. I'm sending you guys a ton of love and a ton of light. This has been an episode of Drive Through. <laughs>